listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy, Australia's number one weekly podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. We're here to bring an independent voice to truckies right round Australia. On The Road is proudly brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving level crossing safety through engineering, innovation and education. For more information, go to www.qr.com.au. And NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. G'day and welcome to episode 79 of On The Road. It's a big show this week with Mike catching up with old mate Yogi for a yarn about anything and everything in general. I catch up with Aussie music legend Adam Harvey to find out what he's been up to and to hear his new single. Plus, later in the show, we hear another great song from our mate Blake Dantier. We've got excerpts from the New Zealand podcast Keep On Moving, where the host turns the tables on Mike and interviews him. As always, we've got all the latest from the On The Road newsroom and a bunch of laughs along the way. So, let's get this show on the road! Yes, get on with it! G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers, and when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road, but when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. <laughs> this is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24 7. Loads of truck and classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address, bigrigradio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. This week, I've caught up with the legend of the Aussie country music industry. He really needs no introduction, but I will anyway. With a career spanning over 20 years, half a million album sales, gold and platinum records, and no less than eight golden guitar awards, Adam Harvey is one of Australia's most popular and enduring recording artists. Not enough to have just been nominated for Album of the Year, Traditional Album of the Year, and Song of the Year at the 50th Golden Guitar Awards in April this year, Adam has been honoured with the invitation, along with his great mate Becky Cole, to host the gala award ceremony in Tamworth. Additionally, Adam continues to keep busy with his work as an ambassador for the Fred Hollows Foundation, as well as the McGrath Foundation, and is currently writing a book titled Tales from the Road, a collection of yarns telling the story of some of the funny, inspiring and downright scary things that have happened on tour over the years. Following the huge success of his latest album called Songs from Highway 1, in spite of COVID, Adam spent most of 2021 performing to sell out crowds across the nation. He's continuing the tour in 2022, with 20-plus shows already underway just in the first half of this year alone. He's an outstanding artist and a top bloke, and he's still somehow managed to find the time to come and have a chat with us about his busy life, and the latest single just released from the new album called Lindemann Again. Allow me to introduce to you Mr Adam Harvey. G'day, Adam, and thanks for sparing a few minutes of your precious time to come and play on the road with us. Oh, mate, thanks so much for having me, and uh, g'day to all your listeners out there. Mate, what a hectic life you lead. <laughs> Do you ever manage to just stop and come up for air occasionally? <laughs> well, it's not that hectic anymore. You know, those last couple of years, I've sort of gone into hibernation, mate. I've become a professional fisherman, I think. 
But as we mentioned off air, it's a funny thing, you know, when you're running around, you're flat out all the time and you're, you're on the road all the time and touring and flying around, playing at different festivals, and all of a sudden that comes to a grinding halt. It's a pretty strange sort of an experience, you know. The first two weeks, it was like, oh, how good is this? It's like yeah. being on holidays. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you, you kind of lose your sense of purpose a bit. Yeah. You know, I was a bit lost there for a while, but then I started deciding to do some different things to keep me busy. And, you know, now that we're back doing gigs again and, and doing what I love, you know, I've been lucky enough to sing and travel the country for the last 25-odd years playing music for a living. and. Mm. And now that I can get back and do it again, it sort of makes me, I guess, hungrier than ever, and, and I'm appreciating it more than ever now. And you were telling me just before we came on air that you've been doing a bit of podcasting yourself. Yeah, I have, mate. Yeah, I've started a country music podcast called Country Picks, which has now turned into a, a radio show. So mm. that's been good, you know, to do that and also working on writing a book. And to be honest, my Labrador puppy dog, who's named Dolly Parton, <laughs> <laughs> She's kept me sane too, mate, keeping busy with her and, you know, off for walks every morning and stuff. Yeah. So that's been really good. I think she's the only one in the family here that's going to miss me now that I'm starting to go away. Again. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> the kids don't really care too much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been great, Dad. When are you going out again? Yeah, yeah. exactly right. That's what my wife keeps saying. Oh, okay. She's more excited about me going back on tour than I am. <laughs> Finally, she can get rid of me. I've been following her around the house like a bad smell for the last two years. So anyway, yeah, she's and finally ship me off out the door. Oh, good. Now, Adam, the album songs from Highway 1, it's a great collection, mate, and you've always been good for a story, so what's the story behind the album? You know, I was sitting at home one night watching, I think it was a segment on like 60 Minutes or something, mm. and they were talking about the massive increase in sales of caravans and camper vans in Australia. Oh, yeah. And anyone listening out there that's even thought about buying a caravan lately, You've got to wait about 12 months or more to get a caravan. Once you order it, it's crazy. Mm. I was watching that and I, all these different people, and you know, we, we know the Grey Nomads, they always have been out on the road for a long time, travelling around the country. But there's all these young families and that too that are on the road now and they take the kids with them and homeschool them as they drive around Australia. Yep. And I thought, well, as I mentioned, I've been lucky enough to travel around for over 25 years singing. And I thought, how good is it that all these other people are getting to experience that freedom being on the road and you know seeing our own country? Now that people haven't been able to go overseas, they haven't had a choice. And I just thought, there's got to be an album in that. Maybe I'll write songs specifically for those people that are on the road and that are travelling and experiencing the places and the characters and the beautiful events and landscape of our country. So that was the inspiration, mate. Yeah, well, it'll certainly hit the mark with our listeners being truckies on the road all the time. Yeah, exactly. And ironically, I released the album and about two weeks later, we all went into lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I got this album about travelling all over the country and no one was allowed to go anywhere. Yeah. But yeah, it's gone well, you know. I was really surprised, actually. It was a great honour when in albums of the year they have at the end of the year, they announced the albums that have sold the most albums. Mm. And it was the second highest selling country album in Australia. So that was that was a real buzz. Wow. But my mad fishing mate, Troy Casadaly, that bugger, he pipped me at the post right at the last <laughs> minute and he got the highest selling album. So I've been sending him messages ever since saying, I'm going to get you back, you bugger. Oh, good. Good bit of healthy competition doesn't hurt. That's right. He hates it when I keep sending all the photos of the fish I've been catching. <laughs> he would. Mm. Now, Adam, the song Linderman again, I think it's the fourth single release from the album. Is that right? Yeah, mate, it would be. Yeah. It really means a lot to me, the song, because I wrote it about my dad. Yep. And it's a tribute to him, even though we grew up down in Victoria. 
and Dad always said the best years of his life were when he worked up on the Whitsunday Islands. Yeah. And he worked up there on a big charter boat for a bloke called Johnny Eberts, and it was called the Elizabeth E. Anyway, yeah, Dad used to take people and supplies out to all the islands. But his favourite island was Lindemann Island because that's where he met my mum. And they fell in love and, nice. yeah, ended up moved to Victoria. And Dad used to sit out in the backyard there and he'd have a couple of beers and he can reminisce about the glory days, you know, up there on that boat around the islands. Yeah. Yeah, sadly, poor old Dad got cancer and he was in a real bad way in hospital there. And all of a sudden, he just sort of sat up in the bed there and, and looked out into the middle of the room into thin air. And he said, what are you doing here? And my mum was sitting on the other side of the bed there. And she said, who is it, Les? And my old man, Les, said, it's Johnny. He's come to take me fishing. Oh, cool. And they were the last words my old man ever said. Wow. So I've wanted to write that song for quite a while. And, and every time I sat down to write it, I just turned into a blubbering mess. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's taken a while. And, yeah. But anyway, I got the idea to go back up to Mackay, where the Elizabeth E, that same boat, is based. And it's all been renovated and it looks magnificent. It's been restored. Hmm. And they took me out on that boat and we sailed out around the Sundays. And I wrote the song about Dad and his favourite place in the world and uh, on the very same boat, you know, that Dad loved and worked on. Yeah. So that's one of those things I'll never, ever forget that, mate. Well, I'm sure he would have been there enjoying that run with him. Yeah, hopefully, mate. His spirit's somewhere upstairs there at a bar, no doubt. Now, my old man. Yeah. <laughs> now, mate, you obviously love your country music and you get to see a lot of the new upcoming acts as they burst onto the scene. Are there any standouts for you that we should be keeping an eye or an ear out for? Yeah, there are, actually. There are plenty of them, and it's a really good sign. Mm. To me, it shows that our industry is going to be healthy for many, many years to come. I'm working with a young girl at the moment. Uh, well, when I say young, she's married and got a couple of kids, but Rachel Whitchurch is her name. Mm -hmm. She's really talented, and there's another group called the Vixens of Fall. They're very, very good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're sensational. See, I try and take as many of the young up-and-comers out on the road that I can because that way when I'm an old fart in a walking frame, they might take me out on the road with them, you know, and I can do their support act. <laughs> yeah. So fingers crossed it all comes back around for me when I get a bit older. Good insurance for the future, absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Adam, where can our listeners go online to find out more about you as if they probably don't know enough already, but you and the album and your touring plans for the rest of the year? Oh, mate, the best place is to go to adamharvey.com.au or, you know, you could always uh, just check me out on Facebook or I'm all over that or Instagram. And you just got to be careful because there's a lot of scammers out there, you know. Mm. Yeah, make sure you go to the correct page. It's got the little blue circle and the white tick on it. Yeah. I had a lady come up to me at a show. She was an older lady and I was playing in Adelaide. Mm. And she came up to me after the show and she said, I want my money. And I said, what are you talking about? And, and she was so mad at me. She said, you know what I'm talking about. I've been lending you money for years and years. I'm like, it's time you pay me back. She's going off, you know. Yeah. And anyway, she took off and ran out the venue. And I actually followed her down the street and stopped her and said, no, hang on. I need to get your details. It's not me. Anyway, we got the police involved. And they went through all of this lady's uh, you know, bank accounts with her help. And it turns out that there was some scammer because, you know, nowadays the scammers are everywhere on Facebook and all over the place. Yeah. Anyway, this scammer pretending to be me had fleeced this poor woman out of over $100,000 yeah, no. and she sent the money to all these offshore accounts. Jeez. And so, yeah, the police, you know, after they investigated the whole thing, said, we're really sorry, but once that money goes offshore to all these other accounts, we can't get it back. And so, yeah, I tried my very best to help that lady out, but I thought, oh, my God, how many other people are getting fleeced like that? Yeah. I've really got to stop doing that. Sorry about that. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll change my ways. I want you to pay back the hundred thousand dollars. That's what I'm saying. Give me a number, I'll get it sorted. Right. <laughs> we should laugh about that. That's no, that's right. It's not funny. Uh, Guys, our guest today has been Adam Harvey. Mate, thank you for coming out and playing on the road with us. Oh, mate, it's a pleasure. Good on you, Andy. And uh, I love all the truckies. My background was in trucking and, and heavy haulage back in Geelong, back when I had a real job. And they used to work for all brothers there and we used to cart all the machinery around. Right. Always had the guitar in the back of the truck and I'd strum a song or write a song while I was waiting to get loaded. So I've got a real connection with the truckies and I love them all. They do a great job. Brilliant. Mate, to finish up, how about you introduce your new single for us? All right, then. Well, here it is. To everyone out in the road, travel safe, stay safe and keep up the great work. Here's a little song I wrote as a tribute to my old man. It's called Lindemann Again. Legend, mate. Thank you. No worries. Thanks, Andy. You're a champion. Les would say the 60s were the golden years When all his lucky stars fell into line He was young and strong and his spirit of adventure Saw him living in the islands at the time. Hamer, Happy Bay, and Daydream. But Lindemann was always number one. It was there he worked with John and Bob on the old Elizabeth E. Where he met and fell in love. Ross came north looking for a future And Linda Mountain was where she found a niche Started her own hair and beauty parlor In a little beret on the beach She loved to watch the ocean in the One night Liz convinced her to come in And once she put her toes into the water She realized the future was with him And years later back in Melbourne when he'd had a few He'd go out on the deck and rest his eyes Then one night with the family gathered round 
back on Lindemann again The last thing that he said Was John's come to take me fishing And Les was back on Lindemann again Back on Lindemann again, oh again, he's gone home, he's gone back to Lindemann again. got a bit of a surprise this week. I've got Yogi Kinder with me now. Yogi's had a few developments in his life and it's been a while since we've caught up. And I need sort of 30 minutes of unrestrained idiocy. So who do you ring? How are you, mate? You told me to be quiet for two minutes and I reckon you were stitching me up already, to be honest with you. <laughs> good, bud. Good. Thank you for having me on. Right. Has Western Australia calmed down since I left? No, 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 no. We are now the most overregulated state ever, I think. And I'll, look, I'll go as far as to say it's the most overregulated state in the world, <laughs> I reckon. Right, eh? Isn't New York lifting all their bands and then West Australians are standing there at Starkate going, oh, no, we need to do something about this? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think we should be doing a lot about it. So yeah, The horse has already bolted, mate. The horse is bolted and everyone's in the ice bath and having a stubby at the bar and here's our leader standing there at the starting line waiting for the gun to go off. Yeah. And now we're going to come into a bit of cool weather. So maybe if we had opened the borders a couple of weeks ago when it was 40, we might have been all right. But now people are going to get a bit of a sniffle and they're going to get the cold and oh. all this influenza is going to come back. Yeah, she's interesting times ahead, you know. WA, wait a while. But stuff like this, <laughs> we shouldn't be waiting a while, you know. So, jeez, uh. <laughs> but straight into it, mate. Straight into it, you know. Straight into it. <laughs> now... I believe that you've had some developments there. I believe that you've joined the National Road Freighters Association. Yeah. <laughs> They've sort of held the gun on you and said, geez, Yogi, you'd make a good delegate. Let's make that happen. <laughs> so, for the record, Mike, yeah. they didn't hold a gun to my head, no. They didn't? <laughs> no, no. Rod Hannaford never held a gun to my head <laughs> at yeah. all. Yep. But Rod has been a good mate of mine for a long time. Yep. And I, and I look, I like the National Road Freighters, and there's been a bit of an affiliation there with Gordo and a few things in the past and different stuff that we've done with the National Road Freighters. And I've got owner-operator mates that are members of the National Road Freighters. Yep. And it's a nice little fit. Now, as me and you know, we went through the ringer with a certain other association. Well, we thought we were doing <laughs> the right thing at the time in our own defence. We did. We actually thought we could make a difference and have a genuine industry voice, industry representation, genuine people, and it turned out to be genuinely wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yes, recently there was more money taken out of our accounts that we did no authorisation for, yep. and some of that money still hasn't been paid back. Right. Now, I have, and a few other people have, but still there's people that have not been paid back from that specific incident. Yep. Now, that is absolutely terrible. So I really just buried my head in the sand for the last sort of 12, 18 months. Yep. 
and just sort of went middle finger to the wind for a little bit and uh, we'll see how it plays out, you know. So, yeah. But we're back and I've still got a voice and I still love what I'm doing. It's been a bit of a struggle the last sort of six months for everybody, I think, in the game. But we are back and here. And now I'm the Western Australian delegate for the National Road Freight Association. Well, welcome to the team. Yeah, good team to be involved in. And I feel like I'm a broken record. Yeah. But I strongly urge and recommend anyone that wants to join an association that the National Road Freight is, is a good start, a good place to go. They've got some good ideas. Me and Rob, we butted heads over ideas as well, so don't get me wrong. Like, you know, there was a lot of things that I thought needed to happen around the mandates and stuff like that, and it wasn't thought it needed at the time. But we're still fighting the fight. We've still got a voice there, and here we are as the WA delegate. Well, my experience is I joined the National Road Freighter simply as a member. Yes, so did I, yes, yeah. I don't have any visions of being an office holder or anything like that. But having said that, you look at the position, you look at the points of view. I mean, there's no one in this country with more runs on the board than Ron Hannafy. Oh, for sure. And you look at the team that are around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trevor and Glenn and all the others, you know. Yeah, the Trevor Warren, Sally, you know, they're all there. They're all good people. and They're all doing the right things. They've all got their runs on the board, mate. I did the same, but to be honest, I joined as purely as a member. And I sort of said that to Rod, I'm happy to join up as a member. Mm. But remember, I've just been put through the ringer and we were sort of still going through all that bloody rigmarole there in May last year. We were still going through it all. So I said, you just got to give me a bit of space here. And, mm. and then he did. And then the annual general meeting, yeah, it was a good fit. Yeah. So we become the delegate. Yeah, that's great. So we got a few other things going on, though. I mean, you're going to be the MC at the Mac Buster. You're going to take PJ down? Are you going to take the other Desperado <laughs> thing? Or what are you doing? The Desperado. What do they call it? No compromise or something? No compromise, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I call it the Unicorn, but it is the <laughs> truck's actual boat name that everybody knows for is no compromise. Yeah. Are you forgetting, my good friend, that my lovely wife can drive said truck? Well, I, I, am forget, I am forgetting. So she'll take one and I'll take one. Okay. And it always makes me laugh. So yes, I'm, I'm going to be the MC at the Mac Muster, which I think is around the end of May. We'll definitely post some more details and stuff like that. But yeah. I think it's around the 22nd of May. Yeah. Good night for West Australia. We've changed the format a little bit. The dinner's on that Friday night, I think, and the show's on the Sunday, I think. And without quoting me to it, I've just got to look that up. But definitely a bit of a change in format and a different time of the year. May, you know, it'll either be raining or it won't. Who cares? The weather will be good. Yep. The trucks will be shining. The Mac community are really, really, really well supporting this event. Yep. Mac, Volvo in Perth, fantastic to deal with. And it's just good for WA, really good for the West. So, yeah, I'll have the two big Kenworth and probably I'll have the Peterbilt in Mac Alley again like we did last year. <laughs> <laughs> I had a laugh, mate. When we was at the Brunswick Truck Show, I met the Mac guys when I was there. and Brunswick Show, yeah. And they've contacted me and asked me if I wouldn't mind being at the Mac Muster. And I'm afraid I'm over here now, mate. I'm, I'm in the reverse of the situation I was last time. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, you've gone over. You've left us. But anyway. I've gone to the dark side. Well, I don't know. See, this is the thing, right? <laughs> I was only saying this to Amanda the other day. Like, they opened the borders Friday or Thursday or whatever it was over here. So whatever date that is. Yeah. We can say it was like the 4th or the 5th of March. Yeah. And I said, Amanda, who would come over here? Yeah. Like, really? What would you? They're talking regional lockdowns over here. Yeah. What would you come over here? You wouldn't be bothered. You, you've got it in the east because the horse is bolted. Yep. The COVID saddle's been put in the rack. Yep. It's all done. The water on the horse is down. It's all finished. Yep. You know, and here we are just going, right, hey, we're going to get the start going. 
but it is a good place to live when you can get out of the city and the rat race and come on down to the country. Yeah. But anyway, we just got to get back to a bit of normal, and we always talk about it. But anyway, normal. Well, I just can't believe it was so normal and then just gone just so insane. I just don't... anyway. Yeah, it's a bit weird how our leaders have done it here in the West, to be honest. Yeah. So I struggle. You know my views on it, and your views were the same. Like, I was against any sort of mandates, and still am against any mandates. Yep. I've got good mates that got the vax early. Yes. And they went and done it, and they had asthma, or they had this, and they did it. So fantastic. Hats off to you. Yeah. They're still mates. They'll always be mates. It'll always be that way. Yeah. But when you're mandating something that somebody doesn't feel they need, it just becomes a real stupidity and just to be on the joke and then when you get the ruling over here that you can go into aldi buy all your weekly grocery shopping but as soon as you buy a can of beer or, or a glass of red wine you've got to show what you've done to your body as a medical procedure you know so it just doesn't make any sense at all yeah i mean you could call it red vinegar or something like that but it's not it's wine in it you know <laughs> so you got to pay for the wine and then show your card to me all the science got flogged out in submission when you start doing stuff like that Lucy, my daughter, had a knee operation. So she didn't have to be vaccinated going to the hospital. She's under 16 anyway. She didn't have to be vaccinated, but I had to be double jabbed to walk her out of the hospital. Yep. So there's no science in that when you're just forcing your hand. You're playing on compassion and you're forcing the hand to me. So there, there is no science. The craziness comes around when you look at things like the number I've been told, now whether it's correct or not, I don't know, but I have no trouble believing it. Yep. 278 road train drivers from Port Hedland. Yeah, well, you said at the time, didn't they? They put more planes on that day the mandates come in. My belief is the number that I've been told, as I say, right or wrong, I'm not sure. And if anyone can correct me and give me the correct number, anyone from Campbell's, MGM, I'm happy to take a call. I'm easy to find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Tell me what the number was. Yeah. But 278 is the number I've been told. And the simple fact of the matter is, is that they will all tell you, Murray Lay told me that it costs about 20 grand to put someone in the seat of a quad. In training time. Oh, you're right. Huh? Okay. Yeah, in training, timing and effort and all points in time. Because yep. they make a point of it up there. You have to be vehicle operated, competency signed off, and it takes three trips to do it. Oh, yeah, right. Huh? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You go out when you first start driving a quad up there. Yeah. You have to go out with a trainer. You're getting paid by the hour. The trainer's getting paid by the hour. Big dollars in it. <laughs> Big dollars. You do the run from Port Hedland down to Iron Valley or Wanmana or any of those other mines down there. It's a 12 to 13 hour day to do that. Yeah. And you've got to do it three times. So that's three lots of wages. Yep. You've got to go through, you've got to do all the inductions. You've got to be signed off to load, to unload at the port. So by the time you've racked up enough experience and, you, and you've got the whole job signed off and you're allowed to go out and fly solo, so to speak, it's cost the company about 20 grand. Yeah, unreal, isn't it? And then to have a mandate that says that you must have X amount of vaccinations to keep your job or we'll take your port pass off you. (laughs) Right? Jeez. When you don't actually talk to anyone... I mean, I'm not talking out of school now. They can't fire me, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, when you don't talk to anyone, you don't stand there with anyone, you don't do anything other than sit bum on seat in cab because we've been flogged to death because it is too unsafe for you to be out of said vehicle. Righto. So you go into the port... You drive into the port, you wind your window down, you've got your port pass. Yep. The guy comes out of the security shed with his little hand swipey thing yep. and swipes your card. Yep. And you don't talk to anyone. It's all on the UHF. So you drive around, you dump it in whatever bunker that they tell you to dump it in. Yep. You can spend your whole shift and the only person you actually come in contact with is your cross-shift driver. Yeah, right. 
yeah. That's it. <laughs> you don't talk to anyone at the mine. You don't come into contact with anyone at the mine. That's all done on the UHF. Yep. You drive up and down the road. Unless you get out where you get out and do your bearing check or tap the tyres or knock the dust out. Yeah. You don't even get out of the truck. All the controls are beside the driver's seat. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a lazy bum, mate, you can sit in the truck for the whole shift. Yeah, you can not pull your ass out of the seat, which I really hope people don't do that. No, I really hope they don't too, but I'm just saying that if you were that way inclined, you could. Yeah, yeah. And of course, we're saying, well, you know, but you're a, you're a hell of a risk of catching COVID. Yeah, I was saying with my box guard mates over here, they mandated to go on the wall, yeah. and like, really, what are you doing? You're at the gate, and it's mostly time of signing in and <laughs> booking times and all that, And yeah. but you got to have some kind of jab to be in there, like far out. Unreal. But yeah, you can walk around Woolies and do whatever you want. Hopefully, we'll have a little peek over here, not in cases or anything, just in stupidity. <laughs> and then it'll all, it'll all stop. Righto. I've had enough of this COVID stuff. We're going to take a quick break in here from our sponsors, mate. Then we're going to come back. We're going to be stupid for 10 minutes, <laughs> and that'll be right, all right? Hang on. Righto, righto, righto. You can call me there, Andy. Yeah, mate. Got you go. Mate, we're coming up that level crossing we were talking about before. Looks like we're going to be stopping. Roger that. Look at the size of that thing. They tell me they take about two k's to stop. That's like 20 times the length of the MCG. Would want to be playing chicken with that. Yeah, copy that. They can't exactly swerve either, can they? They're stuck to the tracks, mate. <laughs> it's not that hard to wait till it's safe to cross and make sure the road's clear on the other side. Yeah, not like that bloke last week who forgot about the length of his trailer. Yeah, I heard about that one. It's not really funny, though, when you think about it. Poor old train driver. Probably been having nightmares ever since. Yeah, I reckon. We're all in the same boat, really, mate. Everyone just wants to get home safe at the end of the day. Yeah, not wrong on that one. There goes the last carriage. Looks like we're safe to head off now. Thanks, Mike. Long way to go. After you, old mate. This is a message from Queensland Rail reminding us that it's important to stay alert and obey any signs and signals when approaching level crossings to help keep you and everyone else safe. For more information, go to www.qr.com.au. Right, we're back. Yogi Kendall, Outback Trucking. We are back. Kendall Trucking and Co. So we have a shameless cross promotion in there today, the Big Rigs Radio. Or what was the last one we did one? Well, you did. You're listening to uh, Mike and Andy on the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow, mate. Yeah. And of course, you couldn't do it with a straight face, could you? I don't have a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a straight face in Marivita. You want to see me passport photo? Oh, mate, you got to stop smiling. Yeah. Mate, take the picture. I don't know how I'm going to stop smiling here, mate. <laughs> like, just take the picture. Yeah. But uh, look, to be honest, I haven't had a straight face in the last sort of couple of three weeks. Mm. I've been really, really crook. And a lot of people have been ringing and I've run out of energy and flat and lethargic and tired. Mm. That's what happens when you drink warm MQB, mate. Well, yeah, when you drink warm export. <laughs> I even went off beer. Oh, no. Didn't have beers. Did, just didn't feel like doing anything at all. Like, it's been a really trying sort of month for me, the last sort of three weeks to a month. Yeah. And I get now... Not that I've ever been in a mental depression or headspace. Yeah. Across, I get it how people can get into that headspace yeah. of being really bad for you. You know, Your mind's a magical tool, but it can be really, really bad for you. And I get how people can be like that. And I had to go to work. Yeah. I couldn't sit around and let my head dictate what I was doing at all. I kind of had to you know, pull my head in and go to work, but I couldn't work because I was struggling to work in the heat. And we've had a run of 40s over here everywhere. So anywhere you go, it's hot. So she's been a bit of a battle. And it depends where you sit on the fence with all this as well. Like, I got me second jab. You're still on the COVID stuff. 
Well, you're talking about a straight face, you know. Like you're right. We put me back onto there, but that's how I tell you I'm feeling. But I am feeling better now. That's why I'm talking to you. Okay. <laughs> Still on the COVID stuff. So, do you what do you reckon? You felt crook because you've had your jabs now. Yeah, I had my second jab and got crook from them, but mm. I think I've managed to get it out of my system. I've been taking a lot of zinc and iron and vitamin D and yeah. just trying to do a bit of good stuff for the body. I'm doing a gut health detox from the trucky nutrition chick, Tracy. Oh, right, eh? Trace Marley's got stuck in here. She's she helping you out. So I've already done it before, bud. I've already done it before. Have you? So this will be the second time I've done it. So I've done it 12 months ago. Righto. Felt really good. Like, really, really good. Yep. And I've, that's my first time I've ever entered into anything like this, you know. Like, you, you think you're invincible, and we know we're not. But there's someone out there that can help you. Yeah. And those truckies drinks, it's like they're not shakes. Like, it's not a meal supplement or anything like that. It's purely gut health. Righto. So it's promoting good gut health. And, and that's the hardest thing on the road. When I got crook, I went and had a blood test and the doc's come back and he's going, mate, you're in perfect health. I said, I oh, know, mate, I don't look like the picture of health. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But me, me diabetes, me cholesterol, me liver, potassium, thyroid, yeah. hydrated levels, everything spot on. Okay. Nothing was at all, you know, like at all. But I've had a headache for a month and I can't shake it. So we've got to look into a few more things, you know. Right. So, yeah, it is what it is. But I'm going to start tomorrow. Actually, I'm starting that gut health tomorrow. But that's a month on that, which is really, really good. I've had a chat with Tracy before. I'd like to have another chat with her. Sometimes you've got to stop the merry-go-round and just try and balance it all out, you know. And I'm just sort of tired and a little bit bloated and yeah. and I can't drink enough water. Well, the last month, I just cannot drink enough water, but I'm not dehydrated. and Yeah. Yeah, but the gut's off, you know. So I'm going to start all that and have a good month on this detox. It's not Amanda trying to poison you, is it? No, 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 no. She, she You've could. been a good boy. You haven't got to board another truck or anything in secret, have you? <laughs> I've only got two 900s, mate. Like, just these up there. But if anyone's got a W model out there, give me a ring, will you? I'm sort of chasing one. You're after a W model. (laughs) Who doesn't want a W model? What do you want to do with a W model, mate? What are you going to do with a W model? Standing here looking at two 900s, and I don't know what I'm doing with them. So, you know, like, yeah. Maybe I'll swap two 900s for a W model. I'll tell you what, we got a pretty sexy black 909 over here the other day from WA. I know, I know. It's a mate of mine's truck. No, it was. It was. <laughs> it, was, it, was. it was. Yeah, it was. Known Andrew a long, long time. Very, very, very good mate of mine. And uh, very happy when he sold me, sold the truck to JJ. So, yeah. I'll tell you what, I saw it in the workshop the other day, mate. And the mechanic was in there and they were just giving it the once over gently. Yep. And they started it up and it just rumbled and <laughs> did stir the hairs <laughs> on the back of the neck. And I looked at that and I thought, Jesus. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of work keeping that thing like that, though, mate. I'll tell you what. I know, I know. He's probably, I don't know how many cases on that truck, but he's at it for a few years now. And he's away 48 weeks of the year, you know, on the road. Bloody special looking bit of gear. I mean, I love a good looking truck. I really do. I mean, you know that. We've stood side by side and appreciated trucks. I know. He's got an eye for it, Andrew, and he's an independent owner operator that goes anywhere in Australia. Yeah, right. And the nicest bloke got a lovely wife that stood by him all these years. Yeah. Probably not a bad one to get on the podcast. He'll tell you some mad stories. Well, when he got married, 
a couple of broken ribs when he was married, so they propped him up and took the wedding photos and put him back in the wheelchair with a couple of broken ribs. Awesome. <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah. But Andrew will tell you, that black truck, like he said, you won't have the radio on at night because you would just crack the window about halfway and you just sit there and listen to that motor purr all night long. Yeah, and yeah. it does it. And it just loves it. Absolutely loves it. It sounded pretty cool, i got to tell you. Yeah, yeah. And I thought to myself, that's just hard work, that truck. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I know. Because he's been at home, you know, he comes home a lot and, you know, and the kids will sort of joke that it takes Andrew two hours or three hours to wash his truck, whereas I'll watch the purple one in about half an hour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, well, that's Uncle Andrew. That's what he does, you know. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I get to Sunday afternoon and go, shh, I've got to wash this. I can't go to work like that. It's bloody dirty, you know, so, yeah. Well, I was doing a delivery out in a pig farm the other day, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, that truck won't go into the pig farm, I'll tell you. I bet we won't see it anywhere near the pig farm, mate. Like Andrew's had a 908 prior and then a Superliner Mac prior to that. Yeah. They've all been black and looking like what you see there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've dealt with Andrew for 14, 15 years. Mm. So whenever I give him a load, yeah. it's always mentioned about how much dirt is involved. <laughs> how, how much dirt's on this? Oh, no, 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 nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> Knowing full well that he'll take the load on and get the money and then I'll stitch him up and then he'll ring me and complain and have a go at me. And then, but it's all good then. The load's been done and the freight's been delivered. Yeah. But the dirty rim light comes on a little bit every now and when he's working for me. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You'll scare him off, mate. I'll try, but we're still pretty good mates after 14 years, 15 years. We haven't scared him off yet, so yeah. But your old mate Sav ring me up the other day too. Oh, Scott Savory. Now, Scott is a long-term mate as well. Same, you know, same. Scott is an, oh, he's the nicest bloke, the most complex bloke, the biggest pain in the ass. I know. Like, the whole point's in between. <laughs> You know. So you're going to tell me all the bad stuff. I've been trying to get the dirt on you out of him for ages, mate. No, nah, he's the nicest bloke, Scott. He really, really is. He won't put your weights <laughs> up at all. No, 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 no. Like I said, he's just a good bloke. Yeah. He's the cat lover of the industry, right? So you know how cat lovers go to cats yeah. and the cats don't go to them? Yeah. Cats go to people that don't like them? Yeah. Well, that's the transport industry to Scott. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> the, the transport industry comes to him because he's so good at what he does. Yeah. And he gets shitty with the industry and grumpy <laughs> with the world and then wants to fail and get out. But the work keeps coming because people know he can do the job and he does the job. Yeah. You know, like, he copped the flog in there with some work that he had and, and he had some brilliant truck drivers and they're still good mates of mine to this day. And, yeah, just love every bit of when I ring him and give him work. Because I ring, he does it, he sends me the bill, we pay. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. That's where that art of trucking has been lost, I think. Well, the handshake was always a man's bond, wasn't it? Oh, big time. Yeah. And this game was built on it. And I was only talking to Paul Ramsey in Perth, right? Ramsey's horse and low loader services. Yesterday I was in his yard there, yesterday unloading a tractor. And, <laughs> and the etiquette's not there. Yeah. Where's the etiquette gone? Yeah. Why don't we have etiquette anymore? Because it's probably not being taught. Or people think they know etiquette, but they don't know etiquette. No, and I'm 45, 46, you know, this year. So I've got etiquette somewhere along the line. It's got to come back into the game. That's what Scott rang me up about to tell me about someone that flashed out in front of him at the T intersection at Norseman while he was coming down the road. Oh, yes. We yes. a bit of a chat about some of the things that we've seen and heard about. Yeah, yeah. We do need to do something, mate. The licensing system in this country needs a root and branch review, I think. Yeah, oh, hands down. How's Belgium? You know, like, it's terrible. Yeah. It's absolutely terrible that we're just watching that unfold. And 
And then you're watching the, how do you say it nicely, but the bolt-on industries trying to rectify the problem. Yeah. Well, when we could stop the problem at one industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, old mate Stirl's been working on it pretty hard, so we'll, we'll see what happens, I suppose. But yeah. you can't do much from opposition, can you? Oh, yeah, you're right. You can't, unfortunately. And that's when you kind of, without getting political too, like if Stirls was an independent, He'd probably get a lot more done too, but he's not obviously he's aligned with the Labor and it is what it is, you know. Yeah, yeah. So we get it. So you find that in this game that the good people have gone in alignment with people. Yeah. And it just is what it is. It's just how it plays out. Yeah. So they're doing good in their own organisations. So you're right. He can't do a lot when he's in opposition, but by cross, if he was in, he could do a lot. But whether that would be the right thing to do, whether he gets washed out yeah. in a bigger picture, you know, which will be frustrating to watch. So. But the good thing about Stirls is that he's from the industry and in the industry. All I can say is, mate, when you see a senator who doesn't have to yeah. climb behind the wheel of a triple yeah. and take it north and do charity stuff yeah. and have a deal with Centurion yeah. that they will donate the money that they would have paid a driver to a charity that still picks or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You don't see many politicians. The only other politician I've seen do anything even remotely similar is Tony Abbott. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he was good for that. He was out there. Yeah, he was always in front of the people, wasn't he? Yeah. Tony Abbott, yeah. Of course, there are some fellas that don't hold a hose. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Metaphorically or physically? Well. <laughs> they need them bloody hard enough. And <laughs> fairly certain some of them don't even have a hose, mate. But anyway. <laughs> So, yeah, look, and that's really good what Steels has been doing and watching all that. Mm. But, you know, like if you take that away, mm. there would have been a grin from ear to ear on his face going, I'm taking the triple up north. Yeah. <laughs> How good. Like if someone said to me, right, Yogi, do you want to run a triple up north for a bit of charity fun? <laughs> oh, yeah. what time do we leave in tomorrow? You know, <laughs> like, yeah, like how good is it? The Norwest is its own creature and its own beast, and it yeah. and the right time of the day and the right load and the right road. It's just a magical part of the world, isn't it? You know, like yeah. coming into now is probably better than after a bit of rain and a bit of wet season. And yeah, she's a good time to go up. Yeah, yeah. Stirl and I crossed paths up at the service centre there near the airport in Port Hedland. Oh yeah. And he was in the work shirt and the shorts. And he was covered in just dirt from our side of breakfast time. Yeah. Oh, you can't not be up there, can you? <laughs> <laughs> Like he was just one of the boys, you know, and he was having a, he was just having a ball. Yeah, that's right. No, you say it's a good thing, and it is a good thing, really good. Yeah. But he would have jumped at the opportunity to do it because he knows what the lifestyle's like. Yeah. And that's what we don't see anymore. Yeah. People don't know what that lifestyle is like. They don't understand. They don't appreciate it. They yeah. don't know about it. They got to understand and and go. Oh, where's that drive in your belly? Where's that fire in your gut? Yeah. To go, Jesus, good out of here. Where's that etiquette being pushed from me to a 35-year-old? Where's he pushing to a 25-year-old? Yeah. And how are we getting to a 15-year-old? Mm. Well, that's what we've got to do, mate. We've got to start doing it. I've got a 13-year-old coming around tomorrow who's mm. going to grease the truck and wash it for me. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He wants to get into mechanics. Yeah. He's a mate, young bloke. Yeah. And they're coming around for dinner tonight. But tomorrow, because it's a long weekend over here, so I've got a long weekend. I'll just work tomorrow morning and come home. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I worked yesterday, which was Lucy's 13th birthday, <gasps> which I missed, which oh, annoyed me. Everybody yesterday was holding me up. Yeah. You know, one of those days, you know what I'm talking about. Like, to get a burger, it took 20 minutes. Yeah. Just everything, everything was holding me up. And then I dropped the tally handler at a, at a mate's yard in Beverly and didn't read the email properly, the instructions. Yeah. And I left the tally handler outside and he rings me, oh, mate, can you put it in the shed? Oh, it's no key. No, it's on the email. 
So I had to go back to turn around and go back. So I lost bloody 20 minutes there. Yeah. Just going back, putting it in the shed because I didn't read the email because I was in a hurry. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to get home. And yeah. Anyway, yeah, I missed her 13th birthday, but I'm making up today. We made waffles and I'm cooking homemade pizzas tonight for dinner and, and all that. Yeah. Mum helping the neighbours put a shed on his roof at the moment. But Well, you need to stop talking to me then, don't you? <laughs> no, I love talking to you. You know that. You got me at lunchtime. That was good. Oh. I'm, I'm a little bit later than lunchtime when I said for you, but we were lunchtime for me. <laughs> <laughs> Take care of yourself, mate. I really do appreciate you taking the time out to talk with us and welcome to the National Road Freighters Association. I don't think WA could have a better delegate. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you for the opportunity to put it out there. And Anyone in the West, you know, I'm pretty approachable. We know that. The National Road Freighters are good at what they're doing. Jump on board and we'll see what we can do and put together. Take care, and I'll hear from you on Jake Break Friday, mate. Yeah, thanks, bud. Yeah, I'll do one of that. I'll pop you my head back in the game. <laughs> Get your head back in the game. Take care, Yogi. See you, mate. Thanks, mate. See you, bud. Well, that was my old mate, Yogi Kendall. He's joined the National Road Freighters Association, and if you're in Western Australia, you're interested, have a look at the National Road Freighters Association website. You'll be joining a great bunch of people trying to do their best, trucking people, so talking to people that know what they're talking about. Catch you next time. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. Kermie here from Trucking with Kermie. I listen to On the Road podcasts every week on the Australian Big Rigs Road Show. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kermie on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there, and in the meantime, take care of you. Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together And when they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, g'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well. G'day, it's Adam Harvey here and you're listening to Mike and Andy on the road. 
all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au. Hey Mike, you've come up to Brizzy to dry out, mate. I did go up to Brizzy to dry out, but then it rained. <laughs> <laughs> really? What part of Brizzy is it raining? It's not raining here. I'm actually not in Brisbane yet, mate, but I've been to Brisbane. I've been back to Muzzlebrook, and now I'm on the way back to Brisbane. I'm sitting on the side of the road at Narrabri at the moment. Hmm. Got rained on at Muzzlebrook, got rained on at Narrabri. I've been rained on most of the day today. Hmm. Mate, you know how they say you should never go to bed angry? Yeah. Well, the bride and I have been having a bit of a chat about that, so we made a pact on the weekend that we would do that. Okay, well, go to bed angry? No, not go to bed angry. Oh, right, eh? Yeah. I'm so tired. We've been up for about four days now. <laughs> oh, do you know? They do say making up's the best fun, though. Yeah. Make up. <laughs> no, that's it. I'm broken. I can't talk at the moment. <laughs> I'm broken. You've done it. <laughs> First up, mate, there's finally some clarification around legally distinguishing between contractors and employees after a landmark High Court judgment. Yep, they've gone to the High Court. The Silks have all argued the point about it and the Beaks have made a decision. But let's just have a quick recap for those who haven't been following along, right? Mm. Drivers in question, Mark Jamsek and Robert Whitby, have been employed by Fawn EMI straight from school and continue to drive for the same business until their retirement 40 years later. They've become known as ZG Operations. So around eight years into the job, they were offered contracts involving them purchasing vehicles from their employer with the contract stating they were now independent contractors. Mm. Federal court has initially confirmed that they were indeed contractors, but that decision has been overturned by the full bench of the federal court on appeal, ruling that they were in fact employees. Now, this has been going on for ages, right? Yep. They bought their trucks in 89 for 70000 bucks. And it's just been going on and on and on. And although the court decision is not unanimous, the reason for finding the drivers to be contractors is the majority accepted the conventional view that if they had a contract, they would be considered to be contractors. Hmm. But there are exceptions. And the National Road Transport Association, the judge was drawing the line in the sand for the, the status of future drivers. It's a significant judgment. The reason why it's a significant judgment, it shows that owner drivers are independent contractors and a contract with business entities should be upheld. The High Court found the owner drivers were not employed by the company. So there was an argument years ago that if you did the majority of your work for one company, that you could be regarded as an employee. Mm. It looks like that's now changed because of this. So Queensland Trucking Association CEO Gary Mann has called upon operators to review their written arrangements with independent contractors to ensure they include terms that explicitly address the nature of the arrangement and the degree of the control they have as independent contractors over their own business. Mm. So we need to look in this Senator Stell's had a bit of a look at this, saying that, that he believes the damn walls may now burst open. Yeah. There's a whole lot to come out of this. I would suggest that anyone who wants to know more about it, go to bigrigs.com.au and read the story. But the key takeaways are that a written contract is the key to being able to rely on the certainty the decision is brought. There are several other things there to consider as well. Contracts should make clear that they are for the carriage of goods and not for the provision of drivers or the driving of vehicles. Mm. It's still a bit of a minefield. Read the story, have a look at the decision and review your situation with people that you contract for. Mate, at the Livestock and Rural Transporters Association Conference on Queensland Sunshine Coast, a former truckie has taken out the Young Person in Transport Award for 2022. Luke Cannon. 
the young fellow works for Fraser's. He's one of the big guns, yeah? He is one of the big guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. uh, you think you've done it to me again, see? <laughs> trying to be serious, trying to do the news, you're making jokes. Yep, it's my job. No offence, Luke. <laughs> Five finalists were Andrew Travers from Travers Transport, Brody Coleman from Condebry Feedlot, Jamie Healy from Sealers Transport, Luke Cannon, of course, the big gun from Fraser's, and Luke Taylor from Calaf Transport. Hmm. Wonderful to celebrate their achievements at the Bull Carters Ball, and the sponsors Meritor supplied the prizes again, and just good to see these young fellas getting some recognition for their good work and the experience they've gained. Young Luke's a true industry all-rounder and displays a willingness to go above and beyond each and every day as part of the industry he loves. And I think it's bloody fantastic that we recognise these people. And the Toyotas seem to do a pretty good job of it. I wonder why we don't have Young Driver of the Year from the General Carters or the Highway Runner. Mm. There are so many opportunities where you can give someone a pat on the back, buy them a beer, tell them that they've done a good job, mm. dress them up in a penguin suit and make them feel a little bit special. Yeah. Tell them what a good job they've done. What was the ball called? The Bull Hauler's Ball. The Bull Hauler's Ball. Well, maybe next year they can name it in this chap's name and call it the Cannonball. Anyway. <laughs> Cannonball. A bit of a retrospective here. The North Connects Tunnel in Sydney was closed in both directions between West Pennant Hills and Warunga on Wednesday night and Thursday morning this week mm. for the testing of emergency management systems, with heavy vehicles being graciously advised yeah. they would not be fine for using Pennant Hills Road during the closure. That was decent. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Isn't it wonderful yeah. to know that you can use your vehicle that you pay thousands of dollars worth of registration for a year? And these guys are going to be gracious enough to let you drive on a road that up until not that long ago you were required to use. Mm. I saw this and, you know, you've graciously allowed me to go back to North Connects. I wonder how much money they've taken out of transport operators' pockets in the time since they've started. Mm. I wish I'd known about it because I'd have driven up and down Pennadil's Road a couple of times just to celebrate. And I just love the way they put it down as it was going to happen, weather permitting. That's right. So... What you're supposed to do is you're supposed to guess. Yeah. And maybe get the couple of hundred bucks worth of fine, you know, because they didn't do it. Yeah. I don't know. Does my head in. They really do. Mm. Why are we being forced to use a bit of road by government mandate to support a private company? Yep. I reckon we ought to do a segment called Grinds My Gears. Mm-hmm. What grinds my gears? Do we really need a separate segment for that? Because that's about, you know, 99% of the show. <laughs> grinds my gears. You know what grinds my gears? Uh, tell me. Bloody roof lights on friggin' Volvos. Okay. You know, they drive, they come along and they come over a hill, Volvos, Mercedes, any of these European bloody cab over. You love those things, don't you? <laughs> got LED bloody driving light bars across the top of the roof. Yeah. And the driver can't see what's going on, but the light bar sort of shines over the hill and all the rest of it. And you get this in your face about 14 times. Bloody were, mate. I had one just before. I was thinking about, geez, that grinds my gears. Tell you what, Slim obviously could see into the future. Clever man. He could have. He could have. Lights on the hill. There you go. Well, mate. No, no. Beep, 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 there's a call for an urgent overhaul of PBS permit systems because the backlog is spiky. Go to the bigrigs.com.au webpage and read this story. That just goes to show how the HVNL and the NHVR really don't have a handle on any of the stuff with these performance-based system schemes, but it's just unbelievable. All these things could be just so easy. 
they cannot keep it simple. No. If they could just keep it simple, like they do in Western Australia, like they do in the Territory, life would be much better. NHBR grants approvals based on precedent wherever applicable. Well, I'd say in the amount of time we've been doing this, there are plenty of precedents that are applicable. Mm-hmm. You know what the biggest problem is? Go ahead and tell me. I will tell you. You can... <laughs> I will, all right? I will. Good. Yep, I'm ready. You can go and apply for your permit, yep. for your oversize over mass or PBR, or PBS or whatever you want to call it. Yep. And then they'll respond to it and they get three weeks to respond every time. So the NHVR asks this particular council or whatever it is for a, a decision about a, a class of vehicle or a load or whatever it is on a particular road. And then the council or whoever the authority is for that piece of road has three weeks to respond to it. Mm-hmm. And they send it back then the NHBR talk to the carrier, and if that's not right, it goes back, and then they get another three weeks to respond to it. It's like no one gives a mm. shit. The productivity levels are just tanked. It's crap. A call in power for the NHBR to assess and improve low risk application. Why can't we do this? Why can't we just assess the roads, assign the permits, and say this is what you can do. You can drive that on that road. You can't drive it on that road. Have a look at what's going on in Western Australia and the Northern Territory, and for Christ's sake, do something that makes sense. Anyway, it was only supposed to be a mention. Sorry. Well mentioned. Thank you. But, you know, the problem would be if they made everything simple, mate, then we'd have nothing to complain about, and the podcast would be about 11 minutes long. So no. thank goodness they give us something to talk about. They do. All right, mate. Well, thought for the week? Yep. Quite frankly, this week I've been too tired to even think, so there's no thought for the week this week. for the week. Yeah. What am I going to do without your truck stop philosophy, mate? I'll do what I do and Google. I'm, I'm bereft. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you'll get over it. I'll tell you what, I will give you a bit of a laugh. My next door neighbour's dog's pregnant, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you didn't have anything to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> Neither did my dog, right? But apparently, we've had the ultrasound, apparently there's nine puppies in there. Bombshell revelation. Wow. So we're going to have little labs running around all over the place. Mm. A boy lab came for a visit at an appropriate time the other week, apparently. Yeah. Oh, it's a month and a half, two months ago now. Obviously knew his stuff. Well, I was going to say he didn't muck around, but he obviously did. Mm. Mm. <laughs> all right, mate. I'll get off your phone and leave you to it. So a couple of cigarette butts by the kennel, is there? <laughs> <laughs> was it good for you? <laughs> all right, bud. All right, mate. Take care. See ya. See ya. <laughs> On the Road News is brought to you by Big Rings, Australia's national road transport newspaper. Just a quick word about our sponsors. Go to our webpage, www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au and you can see who the friends of the show are. And if their products are something that you are interested in or something that you may need, please support them because they support us and they bring our show to you. Hey, this is Gina Jeffrey, And I'm Tanya Kernigan. And you're listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy. <laughs> Recently, Mike was the guest of Dave McCoyd, the editor of New Zealand Trucking Magazine and one of the hosts of the Kiwi Trucking podcast, Keep On Moving. 
Now we've selected a few highlights from the interview, but stay tuned, we'll give you an opportunity to hear the interview in its entirety in the near future. In the meantime, here's Dave and Mike. Okay, and so now it's time to cross over to our Australian friend, Mike Williams, and he's co-host with Andy at the On The Road podcast, drops every Friday afternoon in Australia. It's a fantastic podcast. It's a real variety, and they even have music, which is fantastic. We do. We love music. Yeah. Andy's used his contacts, and we've got a lot of inroads into the music producers, particularly country music producers, and we get the fresh Aussie talent and play their music. We love it. Yeah, and that's the cool bit, eh? Like you just flesh out the new the new voices and that and give them a bit of airtime and yeah, you great. know, and, and now they're heard all over the roads of New Zealand as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but mate, Andy's dad jokes. Oh, they're just appalling. <laughs> like <laughs> if you want to hear the worst dad jokes in history, then you have to absolutely listen to Mike and Andy's on the road podcast. The climate change one was just absolutely I didn't know where he was gonna go with that. He's, he's, he's... Oh, I didn't either. He's so dry and serious. He's as dry as a chip, mate. You should hear some of the stuff we go on about, mate. Okay, so uh, listening to the podcast the other day and you vowed and declared that you wouldn't get into Kiwi bashing jokes. (laughs) But that's not how we operate here because uh, if you've only got to look at the current affairs in the world at the moment to know that uh, we need a good laugh constantly. So, okay, mate, stump up with it. Give us your best Kiwi basher. Me best Kiwi basher. How do you know (laughs) you're sharing a house or a flat with a Kiwi? How? Love bites in your lamb roast, mate. (laughs) (laughs) I got another one. Oh, that's awesome! I love that. Go, yeah, got another it. one. Yeah. Who invented Velcro gumboots? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gold. That's awesome. Hey, uh, before we get started, hmm. overnight, the tragic news that the great magic hands man himself has, uh. has uh, passed away at a tragically early age. I was I woke up this morning and I was bloody shocked to hear Warney had gone. Yeah, well, they need a decent spin bowler up there, so I suppose uh, a bit sad, really. I've only just come to grips with the news of it myself, so we've had Rod Marsh and Shane the last uh, couple of days. Really don't know what I can say about it, apart from the fact that they're legends in the sport, and certainly legends in this country personally feel for their family, particularly Warnie. He's younger than me. Yeah. Thailand is probably not the best place to have a heart attack anyway. But... <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's, uh, I woke up this morning and I was like, holy hell. And, uh, hmm. you know, and in that era, there was so much personality infused in the sport. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they all had personalities. Yeah, yeah and the goading that went on and it was just... Oh, yeah. But then the talent was just off the scale, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, you could certainly make a ball move off the pitch, so... Yeah, and I was talking to someone the other day, actually, about the whole cricket thing, and I, you know, I said, you know... We, it's the personality that we used to, you know, Dennis Lilly bowling mm. to both of both them, you know, and they'd end up one inch away from each other's face. And, yeah. Yeah. You know. Fair give it to each other. They really did. Oh. It was yeah. a different level of sportsmanship, I think. That's exactly right. Hey, listening to uh, last night's podcast and really interesting interview with Pete Cowan from The Rail. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, no, what a great guy. Queensland Rail have come on board and they've sponsored a safety program on the podcast, uh, level crossings and things like that. And Pete was first up. We're going to be doing a few more interviews with engineers talking about rail bridge strikes and all that sort of stuff as well. So delighted with that partnership. 
And I mean, it's just as big a problem over here as we've in the last few years, we've had a track safe campaign and, mm. and just the mentality around the whole level crossing thing just never ceases to just absolutely stagger me. Like, yeah. why would you not ever look three times both ways? Because it weighs over 2,000, in your case, <laughs> up to 40,000 tons. Yeah, they're huge. You know? Yeah, and it's interesting because you wouldn't, well, I think they probably do. Like, if you were going to row across the harbour, you wouldn't row across in front of the Merce container ship. But people don't seem to have the same sort of caution when it's like a train. No. Yeah, and like you said to Pete, you know, like those poor buggers, they just arrive at the scene of the accident. Right. They've got no choice. Yeah, not like us. We, <laughs> we can yeah. swerve a little bit. And of course, then you back it down a size to us on the road and trucks and B trains and trailers and semis and God knows what. And yeah. people have even less concern about pulling out in front of it. But even if you're in a Toyota Corolla, 50 ton, 60 ton, 70 ton, Australia, 150 ton, the Corolla is not going to come off that well. Because we're such a small country, most of our main arterial roads pass through the middle of our towns. We That's haven't right. got much much in the way of bloody expressways that, mm. you know, we're not at the bypass level of development yet, really. Yeah, yeah. And so if you pass a truck or you're trying to get ahead of something, you'll never get far ahead because the next town is never any more than 30 k's away. That's right, yeah. You know, then you'll get bogged up and choked in traffic and yeah. he'll be right up your ass again, That's you know? Right. And I love looking yeah. down at people from the cab with that Kermit the Frog look, you know, like, are you right now? Did you win? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, we had a couple of questions over the month coming in uh, from people when I said, um, if you've got a question for Mike, send it in. And they're directed at Will and as well. But it might be a bit more of a complicated answer for you because I know she's a bit of a bit of a boar's nest of uh, complexity over there. Yeah. A couple of guys wanted to know how the driving hours work over there in Australia. And I would imagine that'll take about six hours to explain. I was going to say, how long have you got? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to answer your question. There are a standard book, which has got 12 hours, and you can do your 12 hours. You have to have a break after five, and you know there are stipulated break times, but 12 hours in a 24-hour period is the maximum. Yep. There is what they call a basic fatigue management module that allows you to do 14 hours in a 24-hour maximum. You have to have a seven-hour minimum rest break with both of those options. So the short story on your uh, on your BFM module is that you have 17 hours in the day to do your 14 hours work. Right. So if you push the start button, you've got then 17 hours to do your 14 hours work with three hours worth of breaks throughout that period. Yes. But it's very complicated and it's way too complicated to talk about here. You really do need to sort of have a bit of a look and it's all there on the NHVR website for people that are really interested. Yep. Our logbook rules are really fantastic. I think the rest of the world should follow us because it's simple here. The government tells you when you will be tired yes, and when you won't. So you'll be tired between these hours and these hours. Yeah. And between these hours and these hours, you'll be incredibly awake, alert, and able to do anything. That's exactly how it works here. Our prescriptive logbook system is not a thing of beauty. <laughs> yeah. Certainly not worth worshipping. And unfortunately, the HVNL is a flawed law set. And we've tried to get it reviewed. The National Transport Commission, they've had a, just had a crack at reviewing the logbook laws. And we've discovered that they really still don't know what they're talking about. And they don't want to talk to anyone that knows what they're talking about. It really does need a root and branch overhaul in Australia. Yep, likewise here. And, and it's the same with moving to like, you know, you're talking to moving to electronic logbooks and that. Before they worry about that, they've actually got to get the fundamentals of the law sorted first, you know. Michael, thank you very much for your time. Safe trip up to Brisbane and the flood, take your snorkels and, and your floaties, mate. Take your floaties. Oh, we'll take the floaties. <laughs> Good on me. See right, ya. See ya. Hey, it's Blake Dantia here, and you're listening to On the Road with Mike and Andy. 
the show for another week thanks for coming along for the ride on the road is proudly brought to you by queensland rail committed to improving level crossing safety through engineering innovation and education for more information go to www.qr.com.au and nti australia's leading transport and logistics insurer visit the website at nti.com.au be sure to join us again next week when mike says go back to the place where you thought your last makes sense. Andy says, what a stupid question, let's try something else. And our guest says, I'm going to listen to the dark side of the moon. Until then, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. Bye-bye. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. Call bartender, I don't want to hear you say less.